You are listening to Time to Revive. This show is designed to help you get the confidence to share your faith in everyday life. The music in the background is Revival from Third Day. It's Angie, and in the studio with me, Mr. Mark Bird with Revive Ohio. Good day, Angie. Hello. We are continuing a new topic called Leadership. We have started it last week with Leadership 101. Yeah. This week, Leadership According to Jesus. Yeah, who else, right? if you think about who's the leaders of the Bible, we start with Jesus. Always. Always, because he is throughout the whole Bible, which is interesting. We should go back into the Old Testament and see where Jesus led in the Old Testament. That's another show. Right. What are we talking about today? Trust me, we might get there, Angie, right? (laughs) Right? But today, uh, of course, everybody would name Jesus as the number one example, probably in every single topic that we've covered here, Angie. Well, (laughs) Jesus has been sure. He was the perfect man who walked earth, right? That's it. That's it. So today, specifically, what we're going to dive into is what does Jesus say about leadership? Or, probably more important, what did he live? What was his Mm. life as an example of? Yes. And I think it's going to probably take you by surprise a little bit. And I'm going to start off today by asking this simple question to everybody. And I want to say this. What was Jesus most famous for, both within Christianity and outside of Christianity? What was he most famous for? It's a quote. Let me give you a hint. It's a quote that he said, something Jesus said, but he's probably the most well-known for inside and out. I think I know. You think you know? Yes. The golden rule. Ah, The golden rule is what the world would call it. They would. But Jesus called it the commandment to follow. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. So today we're going to answer that question. Am I wrong? Possibly. I, I don't know. Oh, I got to It's wait. a matter of opinion, isn't it? <laughs> no, I mean, I, I don't know. You're the teacher. You well, go for it. <laughs> here's where I want to take us. I want to take us to the cross, okay. Luke 23. I thought he was pretty famous for the cross too, but he, he didn't actually say anything of note on the cross that was also in the world. Did he? Let's I guess I better that, wait. Right? <laughs> Find out what you're talking about. All right. So I'm going to start reading in uh, Luke 23 and starting in verse 32. There were also two others, criminals, led with him to be put to death. They're leading up to be crucified. And it says, and when they had come to the place called Calvary, there they crucified him and the criminals, one on the right hand and one on the left. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And they divided his garments and cast lots. I would like to have us think about or consider today that being a very famous thing that people know about Jesus Hmm. all throughout the world, that while he was being crucified, he prayed to forgive those who were crucifying him. Yeah, That's leadership to me. Because listen, Angie, we all know every single one of us have people that have hurt us or offended us. If you're alive and you're a human, (laughs) you've been hurt or offended. Yes. Right? It's how we react to those who hurt and have offended us. For me personally, when I think about leadership, the greatest leaders and examples in my life are those that know how to treat others. Luke 6 said, love your enemies. Mm. Jesus modeled how to love his enemies 
on the cross of crucifixion. Yes, so did. whether or not you subscribe to who Jesus was, whether he was a prophet or a man of God or the son of God or God himself, no matter what, if you're in the world or out, you know that he was crucified on a cross, right? Mm -hmm. I think it's mm -hmm. kind of general historical knowledge. Yeah. But what he said while he was there, and he's there, as it says in this text, with criminals mm -hmm. who, according to the world, was judged and they deserved to die. Mm -hmm. But here's Jesus that didn't deserve to die. And yet he was being killed. Mm -hmm. And his first prayer to me as a model of leadership is, Father, forgive them. They mm. don't know what they're doing. Wow. And I'm like, I'm not sure, Angie, that I'd be that in that place yeah, and that's pray true. that kind of a prayer. Mm -hmm. So to me, that's the ultimate leadership. And again, Jesus said in Luke 6, listen, it, you've heard it said to love people, but now I'm telling you to love your enemies. That is a true example of leadership because, Angie, you touched on this. We're all called to leadership. We're all called to model Christ. Mm -hmm. If you're a Christian, you're called to model Christ. Yes. That's what Christian means, Christ-like. That's leadership, okay? That's to model the leader that you're discipled under, right? Yes. And so I believe personally that this is the greatest thing that Jesus modeled as leader is to humble himself. So mm, let's go wow. to the opposite side of that. Angie, how do you describe that? The other side of that is what? The flip side. The flip side, right. So the flip side of that. So what is leadership not? And we're going to take it back to Matthew 23. And I'm going to take it all the way back to verse 1 because I want to put this in context. You know how much I love context. Uh, then Jesus spoke to the multitudes and to his disciples. So this particular lesson, he's teaching to lots of people, lots of people coming to seek. And he's saying, verse 2, the scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. Now I want to stop right there because I believe most of us, have we talked about who are the great leaders of the Bible, I think Moses would be mentioned in the top five or 10. Yeah. Right. And especially by the Pharisees. Exactly. Because they followed the law. Exactly. And so here we are saying the scribes and Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. Why? It's a seat of leadership. Mm -hmm. And then he goes on. Therefore, whatever they tell you to observe that observe and do, but do not do according to their works, for they say and do not do. Mm. There we go, right, wow. Angie? Well, I know I'm supposed to forgive, but... You ever heard that ever, Angie? Yeah, I think I may have actually even spoken it right. at some point, exactly. I mean, to be honest, because some people feel yeah. less forgivable, That's I right. guess, but that was a me problem. Not a them problem, because they didn't know what was going on. It was me. I had to forgive them. Yeah. And as a leader, listen to this through the lens of leadership. Verse 4, for they bind heavy burdens hard to bear and lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. See, it's like, I'll tell you what to do, but I'm not going to do it. Ah, hypocrisy. Like, this is not leadership, right? Right. But all their works they do to be seen by men. They make their phylacteries broad and enlarge the borders of their garments. Mm. They flow, right? They're noticeable. They're 
out there. Yes. This is what wanting the attention. Right. They love the best places at the feasts, the best seats in the synagogues, greetings in the marketplace, and to be called by men, Rabbi, Rabbi. But you do not be called Rabbi, for one is your teacher, the Christ, and you are all brethren. Again, that speaks to all of us, Angie, as leaders. He's saying, listen, don't be like this. Mm. Don't be a leader like this. Do not call anyone on earth your father, for one is your father, and he is in heaven. And do not be called teachers, for one is your teacher, the Christ. But he who is greatest among you shall be your servant. And here's Jesus, I believe, he's teaching on leadership, what to be, what not to be. And verse 12, and whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. So that, to me, is the perfect example and model of leadership. I think Jesus spells it out. Just because you have a title doesn't make you a leader. Mm. It's how you live. You be a servant and be humble. If you want to be a leader, he's saying, be a servant. Wow. And I think that calls all of us to that, Angie. Sure, yes. I don't think he's just calling out scribes and Pharisees. We can be Pharisees in our hearts very easily. Right. When we get too far into the religious and the, the doctrine, and we forget to have a heart issue with God. That's so good. And you know, Angie, honestly, uh, pastoring in churches before, I mean, we read these examples, and it's easy for us to point the fingers at, oh, those silly Israelites, oh, those crazy scribes and Pharisees. It's easy to do that and then just realize that we are they, mm. you know? So this makes me think of something that happened in my world lately. Okay. And it was a good example of a servant leader. Mm. I went and got my tire changed because I got a hole in my tire that could not be fixed. So I had to buy a new tire. So I was waiting for my vehicle. I went to pick it up. It was getting close to closing time. And the guys that were working out in the garage were working very fast. And I'm standing at the counter and nobody's waiting on me. Wow. And I could have gotten very irritated right, because right. I'm standing there waiting. There was no bell. There was nothing. What I did was I walked over to the window to the shop and I looked out and there was the manager, the general manager, throwing tires. That's it. He was hitting those tires. He was working fast. He was handing them off to the guys. He was helping. That's he was it. serving. And without him, the guys would have all had to stay longer. He was leading. That's right. Because he was doing. And then I just walked away from the door and thought, okay, I'm going to let him do that because that was honorable. That's right. It is honorable. And so I think it speaks as a leader yeah. more than anything when instead of telling people, you actually go. I remember even in the service, if there was somebody who was the leader of their battalion or whatever it was, if they weren't out there, then they had no respect for him. That's it. It's funny because when I prayed about this just a, a week or so ago, and I was thinking about this example is talking about respect as a leader. There's two ways to get it. One is to command it from a position. Right. Okay, a position of authority like you're describing. Another way to get respect is to earn it. Yeah, you have to What earn is it. the best way to earn it? Just to be living what you say. That's it. So the example that I like to share this often is uh, like... As a dad, 
and the trash cans overflowing, I can, from a position, command my children to take out the trash. Yes. yes. Okay. Now, let's say there's multiple bags out and it's Friday, it's trash day. So I can command them, listen, because I'm your boss, I'm your dad, and get that trash out. Or I can grab a couple bags and and I can say, hey guys, can you give me a hand and grab a couple more bags? And guess what? Now they've earned my respect because I'm doing. So I think leadership is doing, not just telling. Yes, I agree with you. I'm thinking about it from this perspective. So here's what we are called to be a leader, right? And so what's the best way to do? So can I just point and command or should I get down and do it? And this is what I think Jesus is saying in Matthew 23. He's saying, listen, don't just be like them that from a position from Moses' seat because they've been appointed there, but he said, go and do, go and do. And he said, be a servant. Mm -hmm. You want to be a leader that's respected, go and do, and you will earn respect of the followers. Yeah, amen. Jesus did everything he spoke of and more. He did. Let me double back just for a second, Angie, because we talked about on the cross, Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And why that hit me as a great example of leadership is because he modeled forgiveness. Mm. Something that is, I think, so important, possibly the very greatest thing that affects our society and our culture today and every culture since Jesus is unforgiveness. Like I know medically there's been lots and lots of research done on people that are suffering from from different chronic sicknesses and things and pains and all this can be traced back. I have a very close friend that's a chiropractor and he said lots of times as I begin to interview the person, there's some sort of unforgiveness Mm. in their life that they begin to talk about. And he said, yes, I cracked the bones or realign or whatever that is. He said, but listen, He said, one of the things that we do is we try to deal with that unforgiveness. Mm. And he said, and you know what happens when they deal with the unforgiveness? They stop coming back. Mm. He says, I'm cutting my own business throat, but he said, I'm helping them be free. Yeah, that's true. So I want to double back and wrap up with this, Angie. And this we know as most commonly the, the scripture about the Lord's Prayer, Matthew 6, and Jesus begins to model to his disciples the Lord's Prayer, mm-hmm. which we can probably quote by heart. But what I love is verse 14 and 15 of Matthew 6, he begins immediately talking about forgiveness mm. as a part of the prayer. What did he do while on the cross? He prayed, Father, forgive them. It's a part of his own prayer. Father, forgive them. And he begins to say, verse 14 of Matthew 6, For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you of your trespasses. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive you of your trespasses. I think the greatest example of leadership, at least to me through my eyes, is those who are able to forgive and know how to walk in forgiveness as a lifestyle. I got to tell you, Angie, over the years, I've seen this and that, heard sermon after sermon, you know, all these illustrations, but what I've seen modeled out and the, the people that have gained my respect beyond anything is those that are able to love their enemies 
and yes. truly walk in forgiveness. Yes. It's not an easy thing. No. But it's one that I believe it takes prayer to do it. That's why I believe Jesus tacked it onto the Lord's Prayer. That's why I believe on the cross, he actually offered it up as a prayer. Yeah. Because he knew that was the key. And through the lens of leadership, I believe that is key. It's time for us to move into our testimony time. I am super duper excited today because I have someone on the program with me that uh, some of you may have heard before, but this is exciting because this is a, a guest that I've been trying to get on for some time, and she's a very busy person. God is using her mightily, and I would like to welcome to the program Shannon Meyer. Shannon, welcome to the program. Hi, Mark. Thanks so much for having me on today. Yeah, thanks for carving out time out of your busy day. And so this is super exciting because when I think about leadership, Shannon is one of the very first people that come to my mind. From what I know of leadership, what I've seen modeled in the body of Christ, and who is a leader in the body of Christ that people are really following, not because uh, Shannon thinks she's so great, but it's really because God is using her mightily and has his hand upon her. And so, Shannon, I so appreciate you uh, coming and sharing your wisdom and insight with us today. And what I wanted to start with, Shannon, is what is leadership supposed to look like? Because I don't know if there's a topic that is more written about, more talked about, you know, book after book after book written about leadership, but really what we want to talk about today and what we want the listeners to hear about is what should leadership be focused on, Shannon, in your opinion? Thanks, Mark. And thanks for those humbling remarks. That really just kind of chokes me up thinking, man, that God has chosen to use me as someone who I never thought would ever be in a leadership position. But I'm thankful um, that he chooses those that maybe not the rest of the world would, but I think today's leadership as in the times of biblical times, I looked to Joshua a lot, you know, he was the, the predecessor of Moses and it's there. We have all these self-help books and, you know, we spend thousands and thousands of dollars to go away to seminars and conferences and read all these books. But if there's a, it's there in Joshua that he talks about first and foremost, you got to be strong and courageous you know, a lot of my uh, Be Brave movement comes out of that and just learning to lead. Listen, when you are um, being brave and strong and courageous, that doesn't mean there's not fear present. So I think there's maybe a misconception that if you're a leader, there's no fear. There's no, I got to do this. I can do this. I think we have to have that can do attitude. But I think that only is through Christ that we can do this. The leadership has to come under the authority of Christ. And I look at has, how Jesus led his disciples. First and foremost, he was so, so humble. Leaders today are put on a platform that have them an instant rock star in about 2.4 seconds, which they maybe not have been prepared for. You know, you can be an Instagram or a YouTube phenomenon. And one of the things I think is a leader that in the year 2021 has done disservice to leaders is they've made them, they've taken them so far up like a rocket ship so quick. Many leaders have forgotten the, the small, humble beginnings that God says, don't despise those. 
to be willing to be humbled by the Lord and to come under his teaching. I think that's where a great leader starts. Great leaders have to be willing to do and be the less of these. You may be a CEO, but you better be able to clean that toilet too. You got to be able to understand and seek to understand the people underneath you. But you can't be so religious that somebody who comes off the West End that's a heroin addict and you're like, I can't understand you from where you come from because I've been in the church from the womb. That is not a good leader. A good leader will seek to understand every facet of life, whether they've been there or not. They will seek out the things that make them uncomfortable. I think when you're strong and courageous, you have to be just that. You're going to be separated. There are not a lot of courageous and strong people anymore. I see people cowering back the first time opposition comes and we are not teaching that. And that's one of the things I always want to do with my ministry is to encourage and inspire to be the best that you can be. Now that's maybe a good slogan for the army, but I'm telling you, God created us all for a purpose. And I believe each and every one of us as chosen people, he said, you are a chosen people. We are ministers for him. And all of us are in leadership if we're a believer, because the world is looking to somebody for hope. And it's here that I think we've got to do our homework as leaders, whether that be in the church, whether that be a CEO, whether that be a mom or a dad, we've got to lead with the authority of Christ first and foremost, but also with that humility that Jesus led with knowing and being able to touch people where they're at and not being so far removed from let's say the lesser than and I think that's where some leaders get in trouble is that they um, remove themselves by the people beneath them one of the greatest leaders and anybody you know this Mark you're only as great as the team that's around you you know you may have a great dream but your great dream isn't as good as your great team and I I have thought out prayer just Lord put those powerful people behind me, around me, beside me, beneath me, because I'm only as strong as that team is. And so if you out there, if you're a lone ranger, you're trying to do it on your own. Listen, Jesus didn't do it on his own. One, he went and he was, Amen. he was with the disciples. He surrounded himself by a motley crew. So your, your people, your team may not be the best of the best, but God will use them even to grow you up and to make you stronger. But then he also knew to go and be with the authority. He went away, it says, to be with the father. And so that tells me he wasn't a leader so full of himself. And he rightfully could have been because he is God of this universe. But he chose to lessen himself and, and come in human form as a man so he could be sensitive to what we're going through, to know our hearts, to know our struggles. And I think today, Mark, that is a true, true leader because so many, it, almost the gap is, is going from one spectrum to the other. There's this huge gape hole that I think we even see with the government. And we, we know in the end times, the rich will get richer and the poor will get poorer. But I think leaders are pulling apart and then, oh, here's a less than. No, Christ led right in the middle of the streets, right in the middle of the heartache, the sin. He met the religious leaders where they were at, but he also called them out. And you're going to have to be strong and courageous. And I think that charge that, that God gives to, to Joshua is such a great way to just follow the leadership. I, I think you could about throw every book out the window because if you just read through there, it says you will be prosperous. 
you will be prosperous. And that's usually most leaders are go-getters. They're after something. Hey, if you just hang on to the Lord, you become strong and courageous and hang on to him and his every word. He will lead you and be the most prosperous that I think mankind has ever seen. Yeah, I am so encouraged by that, Shannon, because uh, those are such true words. Now, what I'm wondering is, Shannon, as I listen to you articulate that, because there are people who are probably out there listening that say, well, you know what? I, I am a leader. I am called. I am gifted. I am a leader. And I'm ready to just hit the ground running and run after this thing. What sort of things would you give as advice, Shannon, to maybe someone who's a new leader that hasn't stepped into much of a leadership role or anything yet, but they're really gung-ho and they're really excited because as you shared, Shannon, you know, those kind of people are wired to go. And what sort of things would you say, well, hold on a second, like, whoa, the pony and make sure that you have this. I'm so glad you said, whoa, the pony, Mark, because that is me. And that has been me for the last, oh my goodness, 20 years. You know, there's a saying about uh, the 10,000 hours. It seems like somebody will just come on the scene and they'll be like, where did you come from? It's those 10,000 hours you put in prior to receiving this platform, to being brought into the spotlight. I always felt like I was a Mustang locked in a stable, rearing up. God, I've got this vision. You've given it to me. I want to go. I want to go serve you. And he's like, whoa, just what you said. Whoa, pony. (laughs) It's there that God has to harness you and break you of yourself. And I am with that person. Everybody knows me. I've got two gears. It's park and fifth. And when I hit the ground running, it is at fifth gear. And when I stop, it goes back to park. I totally get that person because I wanted to serve the Lord. I want to be about his work. But there's something, like I said previously, is sometimes we get in big trouble when God has not trained us. Many people, you see it, especially with celebrities, you know, they're at the top of their mountain, the apex, and then a month or two or a year later, they're strung out on drugs. They can't handle that. And God has to prepare us, you know, to go to the mountain, to go to the heights. And there is a preparation that is so vitally important to your leadership. But I understand that rearing. I understand that type A personality. I understand. And I will share this. That was probably the most frustrating part of my journey. And I'm like, come on, God, come on. I'm ready to serve you. I want to go. He also says, listen, Shannon, I got to prepare you for what's ahead. And I can look back now, Mark, at some of the things I've been given recently in leadership roles. I'm so glad God kept me behind that stable gate because I would not have been prepared. And I also would not have been strong enough. I wouldn't have been wise enough. I wouldn't have been mature enough in my faith if God would have given me what I truly wanted that I thought I was ready for. He's gracious and he is a good, good father. It's just like us giving too much to our kids. You don't dare give them $10,000 when they're 15, because what would they do with it? It would be gone in a week, you know, and God knows what we can handle and what we can't, but a good leader will be willing to submit to that authority. Again, being under the ultimate authority, because there's always somebody above us, no matter how high you get, even the president of the United States, there's somebody still above him. God is the ultimate authority. And I think where leaders are made or 
Broken are those that are not willing to be humbled and those who are not willing to do the small things, those detailed things. It's kind of like I think about soldiers, you know, they just run them, push up, sit ups, train them over and over and over and over again for that day of battle. And that day of battle is coming. But if they were not taught with repetition, with humility, you know, I, I got to watch the making of a Marine. I got to go to an educator's workshop program for a week that showed me a 13 week, the watching and making of a Marine seemed like such minuscule things to do. But I know in that training and what God has trained me as well, that repetition, that over and over and over, because when the time of battle comes or hardship or crisis in your leadership position, it will be second nature to you because the Lord took you through that training. He has kept you there for safekeeping until a time for such as this. That's so good, Shannon. And as I was listening to you share about that, I was taken to First Timothy 3, and this is verses 5 and 6. And it says, for if a man does not know how to rule his own house, how will he take care of the church of God? And not a novice, least being puffed up with pride, he fall into the same condemnation as the devil. And moreover, he must have a good testimony among those who are outside, least he fall into the reproach and the snare of the devil. And Shannon, I've seen this so many times, even as leaders, even inside the church, People come and they're they're full of zeal. Okay, they're they're gung-ho, they're ready to serve, they're ready to go, they're ready to lead, if you will. Okay, and they come and they approach some of the leadership of the church. And because the church is hurting and we have lots of holes that need to be filled, and sometimes we take those square pegs, if you will, and we try to shove them into those round holes. And what Paul is telling Timothy here, Shannon, is, listen, don't put a novice into a position ahead of time, right? Until they've gone through like like what you're describing, Shannon, until the Lord has honed off those edges, right? And, right. and you've, you've seen this, you've understood this. And Shannon, I love how you articulated through that because I would even caution leaders within the church, make sure that you're not setting up new leaders for failure, because Jesus described this to the Pharisees. He said, you're full of zeal, but you're lacking knowledge. Be careful, leaders, not to set someone up for failure. Not that you would intentionally do that on purpose, but just realize that what happens is, as Paul's telling Timothy, listen, you put a novice into a position, and this is my vernacular, the devil will eat their lunch. You're absolutely can you speak right. to that a little bit, Shannon? Yeah, I can. I have a lot of people, I think, that have watched my ministry or they'll see me, you know, publicly or on social media and go, hey, I want to do what you're doing. First thing I want to say is, hold on. man. You, the, I know this looks easy. I know this looks easy. But those 10,000 hours, <laughs> so to speak, those times in the Amen. ditch, if I could go back and share the blood, sweat, and tears. And listen, you know this, Mark. I never get to teach or preach what God has not already drugged me through, probably backward and forward, because we as teachers are held doubly responsible. And I think people look, especially in today's age, I want to be in front of the screen. I want followers. I want people. 
listen, and God even got me there. I used to count who would come to my conferences or my Bible say, he said, Shannon, I never called you to count sheep. He said, I called you to feed my sheep. And he had to just home cut that right off of me to say, listen, this isn't about you. This is about me. And that was a very humbling moment. And I think when we set people up in the leadership that are not prepared biblically, I mean, we are held responsible. You are setting them up for failure, but also for judgment from the Lord. And we have to caution them with that. But you have to be prepared. You got to be prepared to be put in the fire. One, two, three, five, 10, 15, 25 times, whatever God needs to to scrape off that DOS, you know, until it says the silversmith, it's not by temperature, it's by seeing his reflection into that silver that is when you are made perfect. And I know he's still dipping me down in, but I think we're getting closer. And I hope he's starting to see a little bit of him in me. But that did not come without high temperatures, high adversity and struggle and he has to take off what everything stripped down remember it says the old man has to go and every part is that and I think people forget it's such a quick flip oh yeah the old man's gone no 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 that is a death there is a death and it says pick up your cross every day and follow me and I don't know about you Mark but no part of the cross have I ever seen to be comfortable so as leaders if in which is the ultimate leadership is Christ I I model myself that's my goal every day do I look like Jesus you know my motto you may be the only Jesus that somebody will ever see that man got up on the cross stripped bare and let people spit stab poke bleed him out crucify him, nailed him to a cross. And he still, still had the humility to say, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. I'm not there. I'm honest. I, I am not there. There are people that attack me all the time. I still have a hard time. He's like, well, we're going back, back in. But there is a setup that is nothing but a fallout for people that set people up too early in leadership. And it's really a sad state of being. And I think our society as a whole has just perpetuated that with social media. So I think everybody can be a movie star, rock star, an instant anything in about a day. And that's just, it's sad because that's where it leads definitely to defeat and destruction, quite honestly. Yeah, Shannon, uh, so true. And I know it's going to be interesting. People are going to tune in and they're saying, hey, I want to be encouraged about becoming a leader. You know, but <laughs> what we're trying to do is we're trying to bring balance to this, Shannon. And I'm so glad that God took us here today because, yes, we want to encourage people who want to lead for the Lord. We do. But we also want to bring balance to this, too. I'm taken to James 3.1, and I just got to share this right away, Shannon, because you'll amen this, I'm sure. My brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. Amen, amen, amen. Before you <laughs> jump up, right? And again, yeah. we do want to encourage people who feel called by the Lord to have a leadership gift and role, uh, but we want to also make sure that you understand there are costs associated with that. Jesus said, before you sit down, don't you first consider the cost when you sit down to consider a project or building something. Don't you first 
want to sit and count the cost. And I think really that's what um, is coming out today in counting the costs, understanding the responsibilities. And like you said early on, Shannon, this isn't just peaches and cream, man. This isn't just, wow, this is fun and game. I get to jump up on a stage or jump up on a platform or whatever. That's a, the beginning of something that you better have some preparation time with the Lord ahead of time. Well, and I think if your objective is to be on that stage or that platform, you got to first check out your pride because if that's where you're headed, man, you know, it says pride comes just before the fall and you will set yourself up for that. And one thing else, I know this is the leadership podcast, but I think what a lot of people think that there's got to be a title or a degree or some accolade behind that. Listen, moms, single moms, moms, teacher, I don't care. Grandmas, we're all leaders. We're Come all, on. We're all by Christ to lead. So I think sometimes we put that word leadership in this whole upper echelon. And I don't think that's the case. God is asking us to lead wherever you are and to lead with his guidance, his grace, his mercy. And you'll be a great leader. Who knows? You may be raising the next Billy Graham. That's right. That's the greatest leadership of all those mamas that are raising up the next generation of leaders. You are the first the leader to them. I love that, Shannon. And again, we haven't said this yet, but Shannon is the leader of Journey Living Ministries. And listen, be sure and tune into her website. This is exactly the other side of the coin that we were talking about a minute ago, Shannon, because listen, we want to encourage you people out there to lead where you are. If you're a mother, if you're a dad, wherever you are, you can lead because what you're really ultimately doing is you're leading people to Christ. So this whole leadership series, I want this to be known as leading people to Christ and whatever role you've been placed in by God, you are a leader and you can lead people in Christ. But we're just kind of checking all of our motives today, Shannon, we're having everybody check your motive in what you're pursuing and make sure you're pursuing leadership as a representative of Jesus Christ. Any final closing thoughts, Shannon? Yeah. I would just love to encourage those that are seeking to do the Lord's work. I know I've been there. I'm in it. And and I know what it's like to have a heart for Christ. I do. And not, you feel like you're behind closed doors. You have this great heart. You just want to serve your King and God will bring you out in his time. And that's the part I think is the hardest for any leader. We want to achieve. We want to meet our goals and where everything is so goal driven and vision driven. Those are great things to have. But I think in the end, you have to remember this. And it's my verse for our ministry. It's Jeremiah 29, 11. He knows the plans for you. And that word know means he thinks they're to prosper you and not to harm you. You can just circle that word prosper. There's so much with that, but he knows what he has for you. So just rest in him. Somebody needs to hear that today. Just rest in that willingness to lead. God will bring you out in his perfect timing. Amen and amen. That's the cherry on top. Shannon, thank you so much for joining us today, pouring out your heart, sharing what God has given you, what he has shown you, what he has spoken to you. And thank you for sharing it with us today on the program. You're welcome. Thanks for having me, Mark. And tune in next week for another episode 
of Time to Revive. Thanks for listening to Time to Revive. This show has been brought to you by Shine FM and Revive Ohio. More information about this program at ShineFMOhio.com. The Shine FM Podcast Network.